This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Wednesday, September 21st. I'm Julia Caulfield. And I'm Gavin McGough. In today's headlines, public health talks monkeypox, COVID, and flu. System failure leaves Norwood waterless. Out of the darkness walk shines light on mental health. And a mountain weather forecast. But first, Norwood lost a member of its community over the weekend. Beverly Souther passed away in her home in Norwood on Sunday morning, surrounded by family after a long battle with breast cancer. Touch of Care Hospice attended to Souther's needs. She was 63 years old. According to the San Miguel County Coroner's Office, Souther's appreciation for life was made immeasurable after she became the first husband-wife liver transplant in Colorado. Souther was given over half of her husband's liver, a, quote, bond in marriage secondary only to the gift of life. Crippen Funeral Home will attend to services. Souther is survived by her parents, Betty and Leon, her daughter, Kaylee, her two grandchildren, and her husband, Rocky. Opportunity to get vaccinated for three communicable diseases is coming to San Miguel County this week. The Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment's vaccine bus will be in Telluride on Thursday with the ability to administer monkeypox, COVID, and flu vaccines. According to San Miguel County Public Health Director Grace Franklin, the majority of monkeypox cases in Colorado are in the Denver area, and numbers are declining. I think this has to go with a lot of the um, strong efforts for folks to get vaccinated, to be um, educated, and really just proactive in preventative measures. Still, she says it's a good idea to get vaccinated if you are eligible. And Franklin adds eligibility has expanded. Anyone of any sexual orientation or gender identity who's had close physical contact with someone who has monkeypox in the last 14 days is eligible. Anyone um, who's had multiple or anonymous sexual partners close physical contact in a venue where there's um, anonymous or group sex may occur, um, has been diagnosed with gonorrhea or syphilis in the past six months. Those who are living with HIV or using or eligible for HIV PrEP, those who engage in commercial or transactional sex. As well as any um, anyone of any sexual orientation or gender identity who's been identified as high risk from public health or your medical provider, Um, who might be at high risk to contract monkeypox is um, encouraged to get the vaccine. Franklin says the vaccine bus has 160 doses of monkeypox vaccine and will accept walk-ups for those who are eligible. The monkeypox vaccine does require two doses. Franklin says public health will provide the second dose for those who receive their first on the vaccine bus. When it comes to COVID, Franklin says it's warranted to celebrate the strides in response over the past several years. Still, she cautions COVID is one of the leading causes of death in the United States. She adds winter will be a true test for the current COVID response. And it's really important to note that this virus is continuing to mutate at a rapid speed. Transmission really hasn't settled into a predictable pattern. And so it's really hard to have this very clear-cut trend because so much is variable across the response. So I just, I, I just want to caution that 
Um, we shouldn't throw in the towel or claim victory yet. Um, but really, if we're, if we're in this path forward, acknowledge how much progress we've made, but recognize that we have a lot of work to do and we need to maintain that momentum forward um, even as we become fatigued with um, protocols, response, et cetera. Confirmed COVID cases in San Miguel County remain relatively low. There are currently eight active cases. Franklin notes the actual disease burden is higher. She points to the number of at-home tests being given out and wastewater numbers. Comparing that across all the other Colorado um, wastewater treatment areas that are doing COVID testing, um, Telluride has been in the top tier of highest um, COVID copies um, per liter sampled. So we know that there's a lot of discrepancy between cases and true disease burden. Both public health and the state vaccine bus are providing COVID shots and boosters, including the Omicron booster. Franklin notes those who received the Moderna vaccine should feel comfortable getting a Pfizer booster. There's been a a sense of brand loyalty um, across our county as Moderna is the vaccine that we had readily available since the beginning. Um, But really that mix and match approach is not only acceptable, but it is appropriate and recommended. Um, COVID vaccines are interchangeable across different um, pharmaceutical brands. And the best booster vaccine is the one that's available at the time of you receiving the vaccine. Finally, flu vaccines are also available through public health and the vaccine bus by request. And of course, Franklin encourages anyone who is sick to stay home and get tested. Regardless of if it's COVID or not, it's extremely disruptive to individuals, whether they're in school, they're working, um, to have to stay home um, to prevent spreading of it. And then if for some reason an individual is unable to stay home while sick, um, really wear a mask. It makes a big difference across the board with a, a host of respiratory illnesses. So it's becoming more and more socially acceptable. Let's take advantage of that. Public Health will hold a COVID vaccine clinic in Telluride on Tuesday, September 27th from 2 to 4 p.m. It will hold flu clinics in Telluride on Thursday, September 22nd, Tuesday, October 8th, and Wednesday, October 12th. Public Health will hold a flu vaccine clinic in Norwood on Tuesday, October 4th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. The CDPHE vaccine bus will provide COVID and monkeypox vaccine and flu vaccine on request on Thursday, September 22nd from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Carhenge parking lot. Sign up for the COVID and flu vaccine is available at sanmiguelcountyco.gov. Residents of Norwood lost water on Wednesday after lines in the water system overpressurized. Some of the older systems that didn't have pressure uh, reducing valves overpressurized and ruptured some of the service lines. That's Randy Harris, Public Works Director for the Town of Norwood. He says Public Works was notified of the issue around 2 a.m. on Wednesday. Out of our water treatment plant, we have a flow detection and it just had a high flow and it brought a, an alarm in and just notified us that uh, too much flow was headed into town. And from there, we just started driving around town, driving our lines down and trying to figure out where all the breaks, all the breaks occurred. 
On Wednesday morning, Norwood residents were notified water should only be used for emergencies as a conservation measure. Norwood schools canceled classes for the day as a result. While Harris notes they are still trying to determine the exact cause of the issue, he has a theory. We have a pressure pressure reducing valve that uh, before town, it reduces the pressure down. And if I were to speculate, I'd say that that failed. Harris says a primary element of fixing the problem is fixing the meters themselves. They are kind of designed to, to break upon pressure. And we have a couple of those. There's uh, just going around and figuring out if anything actually broke and then just replacing it. Town officials are encouraging residents to check their hot water heaters and other valves at their homes for leaks. Norwood Mayor Candy Meehan and the Norwood Board of Trustees issued an emergency disaster declaration due to the incident. At the time of broadcast, Norwood officials say water is safe to flush and wash hands, but should be boiled before consuming as a way to kill bacteria. Residents should bring the water to a boil, let it boil for one minute, and cool before using. Officials caution residents should not overboil the water. Officials say they hope to have the water fully restored in 24 to 48 hours. September is Suicide Prevention Month. Over the last six years, a community event has come to be synonymous with creating hope and conversation around mental health in the greater Telluride area. That's the Southwest Colorado Out of Darkness Walk, which is coming up this Sunday, September 25th. Lolly Leverkum has been involved with the walk ever since she helped bring it to Telluride. She says the walk is a powerful event every time. Every year I'm, I'm always so in awe and surprised as to who shows up. And that's been a big thing in my mind or in my brain around showing up and how much that means to people. So I would say one big thing every year that just hits me is when I see a friend or someone in the community that maybe I didn't realize would want to be there or had maybe dealt with something personally that would bring them there. And those connections are they're really, really powerful and impactful. Telluride's Out of Darkness Walk is one of many which happen throughout the country in the month of September. They serve as fundraisers for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Lavercom says stigma around mental health can make conversation difficult. She has worked in her own life to fight this stigma and create solidarity, which is part of the mission of the Out of Darkness Walks. I've struggled with mental health. I had a depressive episode at one point in my life. Um, I've lost someone very close to suicide. My grandpa passed by suicide when I was 16. Um, And I would say a big thing for me is trying to open those conversations. While the walk does not ask anything specific of participants, Lavercom recalls it can be a powerful space of openness. You know, the walk is a space that I see people feel more and more comfortable. Like I recall a a young woman who was walking and you could tell she was very emotional and I think she had been struggling, ended up sharing with a few of us how how incredible that day was because she had had some serious um, suicidal ideation over the last year and just... It's, it's pretty incredible to see people maybe processing without having to share everything. It can really save a life. I believe that. Nationwide, one in five adults struggle with mental health. According to the centers, 
for Disease Control and Prevention, suicide was one of the leading causes of death in Colorado in 2020, the most recent year with statistics available. The state has some of the highest suicide death rates in the country. Lavercom says that Telluride is not an exception to those patterns. We are um, unfortunately a community that sees a lot of mental health and suicide impact. You know, over the course of the last few years, given COVID, we have lost people in the valley and it is a ripple effect. And I, you know, I have goosebumps right now thinking of people that I know who have passed um, whether by suicide or by some tragedy, and, and what that causes to the community. The walk is a reminder of resilience and solidarity, but it is also just one event. Lavercom says that resources are available year-round. At our event, we offer a lot of resources, and we have tabling, and there are spaces where Tri-County comes, and the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention is present. We have licensed professionals as well, and we have a lot of resources to share in the community. We just need to um, have more spaces for people to know about those. She hopes that in the future, funds raised from the event could be used to make therapy more affordable and accessible to those in need. Registration for the walk opens at 9 a.m. this Sunday, September 25th, at the Bra in Town Park. The event features speakers and performances beginning at 10 a.m., followed by the walk itself, which will wrap up around noon. Lavercom says that people can participate however they wish. You know, we're not the most vocal crowd, I would say, but I think that's something that's special is, is people can do as they wish. They can hold hands. They can, you know, shout out if they'd like, but it's really where people are comfortable at, and we just walk Main Street and we um, circle back. The event also features a silent auction. All are welcome. In addition to local resources, the National Suicide and Crisis Hotline is always available by dialing 988. Catherine Sandifer was living in the rugged mountains of Wyoming when a rare diagnosis sent her spinning into a maze of cardiology units, dramatic surgeries, and slow, painful recoveries. An internal defibrillator wired into her heart, Sandifer became consumed with questions about how such a device can exist. Those questions led her to medical labs in Southern California, tantalum and tin mines in the Democratic Republic of Congo, and cobalt mines in the Madagascar jungle. Those questions also led to her new book, Lightning Flowers, My Journey to Uncover the Cost of Saving a Life an intimate memoir that looks at technological mythos, healthcare, and our cultural relationship to medical technology. Sandifer will be in Telluride on Thursday, September 22nd for the Wilkinson Public Library's Authors Uncovered series to discuss the book. The event will take place at the library starting at 5.30 p.m. There will be childcare available. Email lcolbert at telluridelibrary.org. Telluride Venture Network, an offshoot of the Telluride Foundation, is offering two workshops this fall for small business owners and aspiring entrepreneurs. The first workshop explores the core elements of success for starting or running a small business at any stage in its development. 
Titled Shore Up Your Small Business, the two-day workshop will be highly interactive and focus on teaching the universal principles of business success, such as running a good team, maximizing profit while reducing cost, and fostering creativity. Beginning on October 10th, Telluride Venture Network will then offer a two-week course focusing on how to maintain business growth in an unpredictable and shifting economy. The Strategy and Growth Bootcamp will be taught by entrepreneur Julie Penner. The first week will be taught online, and the second week will take place in person here in Telluride. Focusing specifically on staying nimble, focused, and profitable as economic conditions change, this course is aimed at Colorado businesses with a good or service already on the market. Registration for both workshops is available at TellurideVentureNetwork.com. A Secretary of State's office investigator says a campaign finance complaint against Governor Jared Polis should be dismissed. KUNC's Scott Franz has more. The state's Republican Party chair accused Polis last month of using taxpayer money to boost his re-election campaign. The complaint alleged a letter the governor included with tax refund checks should have been reported as a campaign ad. An investigator working in the elections division sees things differently. In a 13-page review, they say Polis did not use a campaign slogan in his letter. They also say the letter made it clear the state government was sending the checks, not the governor himself. The report concluded there is not enough evidence to support a campaign finance violation. It's now up to Deputy Secretary of State Chris Beale to decide whether to toss the complaint. He has five days to issue a ruling. I'm Scott Franz. The Supreme Court will be reviewing a case that could overturn landmark legislation that protects Indigenous youth. This has prompted civil liberties groups and the tribes in Wyoming to get involved. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, Kyle Mackey of KHOL reports. The ACLU of Wyoming is weighing in on a U.S. Supreme Court case that could overturn the Indian Child Welfare Act, a law that protects Indigenous children from forced removal from their families and tribes. The court will start reviewing the legislation in November, and the Wyoming ACLU branch recently sent the justices a brief, along with 13 other states, urging them to uphold it. It basically ensures that all efforts are made to maintain those ties and connections between Indian children and their heritage. Stephanie Amiette is legal director of the Wyoming ACLU and an enrolled member of the Oglala Lakota Sioux Tribe in South Dakota. She says Indigenous children have been disproportionately removed from their families by state welfare agencies. Congress created the Indian Child Welfare Act, or ICWA, in 1978 to tackle the problem and to give tribes jurisdiction over their own children. If ICWA is overturned, Amiette says more and more Indigenous youth could lose ties to their culture. Over time, as we see this progress, it will dwindle the um, future existence of Indian tribes within the United States. In addition to the ACLU's efforts, the Eastern Shoshone Tribe of the Wind River Indian Reservation has joined 325 tribes nationwide in urging the Supreme Court to support the law, while the Northern Arapaho Tribe is asking the Wyoming State Legislature to enshrine the same rights in state law. Kyle Mackey, KHOL News. 
The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for showers and thunderstorms tonight with a low around 50 degrees. Thursday, there's a 90% chance of showers and thunderstorms with a high in the mid-50s and a low around 40 degrees. Friday, expect sunny skies with a high around 65 degrees. Friday night should be mostly clear with a low around 40. There is a flood watch in effect through Thursday night. This has been the news for Wednesday, September 21st. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206. And now, a personal commentary. Hello, CODA listeners. Bright Futures and Wilkinson Public Library are teaming up to bring you a free bi-weekly parent support group. Join us every other Tuesday in the library's magazine room to vent make new parent friends, or just get out of the house. This new parent support group is intended for parents with children aged 0 to 8, and kids are welcome to attend. Our first meeting is Tuesday, September 27th, from 11.30 to 12.30. Please email madeline at brightfuturesforchildren.org with any questions. See you at the library! Opinions broadcast over KOTO are those of the speakers. You are also invited to express your views after the news or on access each weekday at around 4 p.m. If you would like to comment, please contact a staff person here at KOTO. We encourage you to speak out on important public issues.